lazy. I'm lazy. And the home of the brave. Episode 99 of the Hit the Deck Podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And episode 99, 99, why does that number sound familiar to me? Uh, I, I don't know, I'm sure it'll come to me, no matter. <laughs> James, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Excited about this episode. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I've got to admit I've been tired a lot lately, but uh, hopefully, I don't know, hopefully that'll pass eventually. But, uh, you know, so be it. <laughs> Too much deck or what? You know, I wish. I don't know what it is. I've just, uh, since I was sick, you know, a couple weeks ago, I, I just, uh, I never... I don't know if I never fully recovered or if my body just never quite got back into the... I mean, I'm often tired, so that's nothing new, but I've just been kind of chronically tired the last uh, week or so after, you know, since I recovered from my illness. So we'll see what happens. I don't know, but uh, how, how, how are you feeling? Okay. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I kind of feel the same way because personally for me, I suffer from allergies pretty badly. So when the seasons change... Mm -hmm. It's not good for me and other allergy sufferers out there. So that could be part of it, especially when it gets a little warmer and then it's a little rainier and things like that. So that kind of wears you down. But uh, you can't keep a good rhino down. So I'm sure (laughs) you'll be back on your feet 100 percent pretty soon. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I I have allergies as well, although fortunately it was only the first couple of days that it really hit me hard. And that, that was when I was also getting sick. So I don't know how much of it was one and how much of it was the other, but I have, you know, knock on wood, I've, I've been doing reasonably well with the allergies so far. So hopefully that continues. All right, cool. I finally went to see Avengers last night. Oh, how was it? That was very good. I, I enjoyed it. I, I quite enjoyed it. It is a cliffhanger, you know, because it's, it's, it was originally Infinity War Part 1, but then they retitled it to just Infinity War, and I guess they're going to name Part 2 something else that doesn't sound quite so multiple party. I don't, I, I don't know if they just decided, hey, more people will go see this movie if they don't think it's, you know, Part 1 of something and they're going to have to wait to finish it or what, but that's definitely what's happening. So uh, there, there wasn't like a to-be-continued or anything, but that was, you know... The way the movie ended, it did so in such a way that the story is definitely not concluded. Okay, yeah, I, I kind of got out of the comic book realm in the early 90s. I think late, late 80s, early 90s when the uh, comics came out of Infinity War. So I'm mm-hmm. not too familiar with any of this stuff. But it sounds like, and I'm glad that Marvel's in charge of this. Mm-hmm. When it started back with uh, Iron Man and stuff, that's why those movies are so good. Yep. I guess they're really going true to the comics that's great to see yeah it's been uh 10 years and 18 movies in the making good gravy but uh they're finally paying off thanos who i guess they introduced in avengers the first avengers movie so he's finally come and uh there is a reckoning to be had and and almost everybody is in this movie 
Wow. Okay. Sounds good, man. Yeah. So, uh, so it was good. I was, you know, happy to, my wife and I got to see it last night. We, we just, we had an opportunity finally. And, and, you know, I, I was largely able to avoid spoilers, which was also very nice. That is well done. Nicely yeah. done. In Nicely the done. age of the modern internet where, yeah. uh, you know, you never know what you're going to, you know, what somebody's going to post on Facebook or, or on Twitter or whatever, something completely innocuous, seemingly, and suddenly they've spoiled everything. So fortunately, that did not happen to me. Does that count as a superpower to uh, <laughs> avoid all the spoilers and so on? I think that was just luck, you know, more oh. than anything. I had uh, I had nothing to do with that. Well, well done, sir. Either way. Yeah. How was Mother's Day? Speaking of your lovely wife. Uh, it was nice. We spent the day with uh, mostly with my mom. We saw my wife's mother and grandmother in the morning briefly, although we had spent most of the day with her family the day before. So, yeah, it was nice. We, we spent a lot of time with my mom. My wife got to, I don't know, we got her some stuff and <laughs> she didn't have to cook, which was nice, I guess. It- well, for an Italian mother or an Italian woman on Sunday, traditionally this isn't and this isn't anything else but tradition. But uh, giving a, an Italian woman the Sunday off of cooking is a really major thing because that's our big day for mm-hmm. family meals. So that that's that's a great gift all by itself. Okay. How was your Mother's Day? Speaking <laughs> Pretty of, good. of of, Pretty of good. tradition and family. Absolutely, yeah. And and, and a mother who uh, wants to feed the whole world that that's my mom. But uh, yeah. My dad did the barbecuing, so that was nice as a gift to her. And then um, we didn't see my sister-in-law or my brother or uh, my niece and nephew, so we'll do that this weekend. So that was kind of my sister-in-law's gift from my mom. Hmm. That's that's the uh, generous mother and loving mother my mom is, so I didn't have to buck traffic and go on up and see us. So we're going to kind of have Mother's Day 2.0 this coming weekend. Okay, well, enjoy. Thank you. Sure. Anything else going on? Last week, oh, last week. No, go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Did you happen at the recording of this podcast? Did you happen to see the intro of Game Three of the Western Conference Final? I only saw a little bit of it on Facebook, but I see. I haven't been watching the playoffs, so I didn't realize this was a thing. But I guess Las Vegas has become known in their short existence as a playoff team has become known for their pregame spectacles before playoff games. So. Uh, it, it seems like you saw more of it than I did. So why don't you tell us about what they happened to do for the game the other night? Okay, yeah. It's that slogan, what stays in Vegas. What, I mean, happens, what happens in, in Vegas, Vegas stays in Vegas, Vegas, yeah. There you go. That uh, I think that should go for this too. I, I get it, Vegas, whatever. But um, the intro was really extremely elaborate. And if you haven't seen it, definitely you could Google it. But First of all, it starts out and and the graphics on the ice and stuff and there are actors and actresses all over the place and it was interactive. And then at one point, some guy comes out skating on the ice with a Winnipeg Jets flag, obviously the opposition. Mm. And then a Golden Knight came out on the ice and two actual men and they battled it out you know, with with his sword and they had a, a sword fight in the middle and at one point, the Winnipeg Jets guy drops his flag. So um, uh, we were talking off air before. Uh, Gary, if, if this were the Rangers or any favorite team opposition out there, I would be really upset if that were my favorite team's flag just dropped on the ice carelessly like that. But as you properly said, if it was another flag, that would definitely be no excuse. Yeah, I mean, if it was the American flag, that would upset me. But as far as the Rangers flag goes, I mean, whatever. 
it, you know, it's it's just it's it's competition. It's mind games. You know, it's trying to get your 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 fan base riled up and the other team maybe put the other team off their game a little bit. Honestly, I, I guess it worked because Vegas is up two one at the recording of this podcast, and good for them. But honestly, what matters is what happens you know between the whistles. So I'm not that worried about my team's flag getting disrespected in that way. It's not that big a deal to me personally. But yes, you're right. It did work in in spades, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. But at least they were kind enough to make the actor go back, pick up the flag, and then he just gets hoisted into the air and he disappears. It was amazing. He had a little cable on him. And then all of a sudden the Golden Knights like screaming, wants to fight and kick his butt. And then on the ice, a big jet appears and gets its afterburners going and it goes directly to the Golden Knight dude who lifts up his sword and splits the jet in half and the thing explodes and and the whole crowd went nuts and it was crazy. And then the Golden Knights come out and the energy level was off the charts. And you're absolutely right. It was the psych out of all psych outs because when the game started, it only took them 30 seconds in to score. And it was an amazing game. They ended up winning four to two and unbelievable yeah if you haven't seen the projection that james is talking about there it was actually it was very well done they made the ice look like you know through through the use of of you know projection imagery which has become popular in nhl arenas but i haven't seen anything to this level before but basically they they made the ice look like a runway and so they had the jet which is the logo you know the 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 symbol for the winnipeg jets they had the winnipeg jet jet at the end of the runway, and as James said, it kicked in its afterburners and started its, you know, takeoff approach or whatever towards the other end of the ice. And right at the spot where the knight was standing in a spotlight, as it hit the knight, the knight, this, I can't imagine the split second timing they must have needed to choreograph this to make it look like it did, which was great. The, the knight, like, lifts up his sword i'm i'm putting up my arm as if to swing a sword upward which you can't see obviously but there was uh, delayed penalty sorry go ahead yeah no that's fine so yes delayed penalty so uh he 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 kind of lifts up his sword as if to cleave the jet coming at him in two and the projection right as if he actually did the projection splits off into two halves which then go crashing into the end boards and explode which again this is all done with projection so nothing actually but i mean just the 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 way they're able to map the ice and make it look that effective is just remarkable and the best touch about the whole thing speaking of jets is they had our u.s jets fly over the arena. And I think if I read that correctly, it was the first time that jets have ever flown over an indoor arena. Usually it's like at a baseball stadium or football stadium where it's open or NASCAR. They're known for that as well. Hmm. And uh, that was a nice answer for, cause Hey, listen, all due respect to all other countries, but uh, the U S air force is the best of the best. So we got the better jets all due respect to the Winnipeg team, but I'll take the U S jets anytime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's all that Area 51 stuff, right? That secret cutting-edge technology that they're testing and, and, you know, supposedly. Sure. Hey, listen, you and I grew up with G.I. Joe fans, and those toys were insane. And they were all based on U.S. real U.S. jets, including the F-14 and, and the Phantom. I mean, gosh, th- those toys were awesome, but the, the real ones are even cooler. <laughs> I had a plane. I don't 
think it was based on a real plane. Uh, it was a G.I. Joe plane, and I don't remember what it was called. It was black, and it was a, almost teardrop-shaped. Uh, it was it was a very sleek plane. It wasn't like... It wasn't a stealth fighter? Or no, stealth- it wasn't. I guess it was kind of reminiscent of the Blackbird, but yes. it wasn't that like narrow. It was it it was tapered. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It was. Uh, I'm sure. Maybe if I'm feeling so inclined, I can uh, look it up and post it. You know, link it on uh, on our one of our social media platforms. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Cool. No promises. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So. You know, good for Vegas and uh, good for Washington. Good for both those teams. You know, I, I I think there's a game tonight as we record in the East. So I don't know, uh, you know, what the situation will be by the time this podcast drops. But you know, the the playoffs are uh, are being hotly contested. Nobody's running away with it. So good for them. Yeah, Tampa came back. So I believe Washington's up two games to one as mm-hmm. we record. Yeah, um, thereabouts. But yeah, I haven't really been paying attention to the Eastern final, which I should because it's in our backyard, more or less. And obviously yeah. that's where the Rangers play. But the, the Western Conference final has really been crazy. So uh, entertaining stuff all around both conference finals, as a matter of fact. So yeah, exactly. If, you know, Washington's not running away with it either. So uh, that's what playoff hockey's all about. Yeah, you know, nobody makes it easy and nor should they. No, you and they're earn- all really great teams, too. You got to earn that big silver bowl. Amen to that. That chalice. But uh, anything else going on? Uh, That's it, man. I think uh, we're ready to jump into this podcast. All right. Well, then jump away we shall. So uh, we should probably introduce ourselves. It's been like 15 minutes, so it seems only right. So uh, (laughs) in that case, let's get right to tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal as ever, I am Number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey. And of course, my stalwart co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Yes, sir. And James, would you mind terribly telling us what is on deck for this podcast? It will be an honor, sir. Ah, sure. Real estate. In the market for your very own ice hockey rink with a house attached to it? All you need is 5.2 million bucks. Picture this. The unbelievable history-making first season of the Vegas Golden Knights is still going strong through the Western Conference Final. Official team photographer Jeff Batari has been there every step of the way, capturing the magic with his camera. And, great one, HTD! It doesn't take much of an excuse for me to gush about the great one, but this time it's much too obvious. Thanks to you, dear listener, the American Rhino and I have made it to the most important of numbers in hockey, Episode 99 of Hit the Deck. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. Oh, boy. Well, huh. so are you in the market for a new home, James? Uh, yeah, but um, I'm only about uh, $5.2 million short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Yeah, I am in a similar boat. <laughs> but it's incredible. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, great. And uh, recently, they just had his number retired for the Avalanche, as a matter of fact. Uh, Milan Heyduk, he lives in Colorado, but he wants to sell his house, Mm -hmm. which is this uh, mansion that has its very own, I believe it's uh, NHL uh, length and width hockey rink in it, with its own customized Zamboni, too, by the way. (laughs) 
And uh, it's amazing that the reason why he wants to sell it is he has, he and his wife have twin boys. I believe they're about 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And he wants to move closer to the league that they play in because I believe either he's a coach or their, whatever their league is, it's about an hour away. So instead of having everybody come to his house to play, he wants to get that. That's what an amazing father and, and mother these young men have. And, and it's the same old story in hockey, how family oriented the sport is that he wants to move closer to where they practice and play because it's about an hour away and he wants to cut down on the commute. So he uh, is going to give up his own personal rink for the sake of his sons. You think he could get one built in, in his new home? I guess. I mean, the current one that he's selling now, it's uh, 16,873 square feet, and it's on a 2.25 acre lot. It has six bedrooms, four and a half bathrooms, three laundry rooms, seven fireplaces, and a five-car garage, and that's not including the ice hockey rink. I like that they detail it as being a custom Zamboni. What is what? I, I have not seen a picture of this Zamboni. Do we know how it is customized specifically? Does it have no, his face on it? I don't know. It's uh, that's Big a toothless question. grin. That's a great question. I'd like to know why it's uh, customized too, but I have not seen a picture of it. I guess um, maybe we need to reach out to the real estate agent Janice Shetler, I believe is her name, uh -huh. and uh, she's over there in Denver. So maybe we need to make an appointment to see the house, and then therefore you get access to the Zamboni too. I don't know. You know what? Maybe we can start a Kickstarter amongst the Hit the Deck fans <laughs> to see if we can uh, we can all throw in the pot to, to buy this house. That would solve so many of our problems <laughs> yeah. because we we need a place to play deck, and and we you're more than welcome, everybody else out there, including Lou, Jeremy, and uh, and Kevin of your respective leagues and deck because the cool thing about this ice hockey rink is that we'll get to this too is the rink has its own kitchen its own bedroom and living area but the coolest thing if you don't want the ice it can be disassembled to accommodate a full-sized tennis court rv storage or car collection yeah like this is ridiculous to me i'm sorry like I get it. Not everybody's in the market for a house with a hockey rink. You know, it takes a special kind of person to want their own hockey rink attached to their house. But I do. You know, it, yes, I <laughs> I wouldn't mind having one as well. But like, it just it just goes to show you the kind of client that this listing is appealing to. Well, you know, just oh, you can have your own indoor tennis court or RV yeah. parking or custom car collection you know what yeah. whatever you want to put in there like what i i'm sorry i i just if i'm in the market for a home the, the the first thing at the top of my list is not where am i gonna park all my rvs like i don't <laughs> i'm sorry i don't <laughs> but exactly right sir yeah the, the car collection was a really nice touch but the point i'm trying to make is that yes it's a nice hockey rink but if it could do all those different things, then obviously it could be a deck hockey rink too. Sure, sure, yeah. Just you can take out the ice machine and the pipes. Just just leave the boards. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, like what they do at MSG or, or other places, they just cover up the ice. So mm -hmm. yeah, uh, you can true. put the uh, the deck surface there. Now that's the other thing too. Speaking of very rarefied air, mm -hmm. the what does it cost to maintain an ice hockey yeah, rink? I don't to know. Keep, yeah, the Zamboni itself and Zamboni then maintenance. The ice, yep. It, Yep, uh, the, the temperature and the consistency. Sure. Uh, God bless, man. And I got to say, 
if you can afford a $5.2 million mansion and you can afford the rink maintenance and the Zamboni and all that, you could probably also afford a sport court to put in there to play deck on. Absolutely. Lay that over the ice and, uh, and, and go to town. There you go, man. I mean, there's really no excuse. Well, I can think of about 5.2 million excuses personally, but that's just me. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, in, in podcast past, we talk about every once in a while, I'll just uh, admit one of my fantasies. And, and one of my other fantasies is, yes, to have Careful, a house. James, that, this is a family show. No, no, it, exactly, yes. This, this, it's, all, it's all good. Is uh, I want my own batting cage, and uh, I want my own ice hockey ring. Hey, honey, what jersey <laughs> are you wearing? <laughs> 99, baby! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy okay um is that a hockey stick in your bag or are you just happy to see me blow the whistle that's it there you go that may be a game misconduct yeah all right wow okay where was i where was i going with this i have no idea oh yeah i remember hey if we get this house can we write it off as a business expense hey there you go great idea to uh facilitate the podcast I'm sure, you know, with all those rooms, one of them could be set up as a, a podcasting studio. Now you are talking American Rhino. Mm-hmm. Sure. We could host tournaments and stuff. We could, uh, you know, a, a, the, the Hit the Deck Invitational Classic. I'm sure I could come up with something else if, if, if pressed. But yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds like a business expense to me. I hope you're listening, Uncle Sam. Help us out. <laughs> be sure to keep the receipt on that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure my wife would be quite miffed at me were I to lose that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, with all the income we'd have from uh, the podcast and oh, the and the, and the uh, tournaments and stuff like that, yeah. Well, like, you know how we rake it in with the podcast. Oh, boy. It's hard to keep up. Boy, howdy. It's like Scrooge McDuck's money bin every week. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yes. Yeah, so I guess the upshot is if you are in the Colorado area or willing to move to the Colorado area and you are in the market for such a home, such a home, in fact, can be yours for the low, low, very astronomical price of $5.2 million. And Gary and I are your new best friends, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have to be a mile high to even consider such a thing. <laughs> Well, you know, when uh, we go on that road trip to watch the Rangers play the Golden Knights in Vegas, uh, Colorado isn't too far away from uh-huh. there. I mean, it's a lot closer than New York, so it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that, that's, another, that's another write-off. We can do high-altitude podcast training. <laughs> hey, it may just help our allergies. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Although then you have to, you know, account for the, like, the, when, you're, when you're cooking, you have to use the high-altitude baking instructions for the oven because things cook differently in, in the thin air. So you have to, uh, they have special like instructions on the, do you know what I'm talking about? I did not, but my mom and sister-in-law are bakers, so they would definitely know what you're talking about. Oh. I just eat. I don't know how to cook or bake. Okay. Fair enough. But that makes sense on a scientific point of view. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyway, but I mean that, that does tie in because the, the rink has its own kitchen. So you're right. Okay. Ah, yes, yes, yes. So when you're when you're cooking in the rink's kitchen, you would want to use those high altitude instructions, right? Thank you, sir. Sure. 
But yeah, speaking of the Golden Knights, as we were before, really fascinating. It's amazing to think that it's truly their inaugural season. The Vegas Golden Knights did not exist before this current hockey season, and they're still going strong in the Western Conference Final. It's unbelievable how good they've been all year. And catching all of the action along the way is a photographer named Jeff Batari. He's had the privilege of doing so. It just so happens that they're having such a successful year and and history-making year, too, because I don't know about any other sport, but definitely in hockey, this is unprecedented that a uh, expansion team in its first year has done so well and convincingly well, too. It's not a fluke or anything like that. But uh, being a sports photographer, speaking of write-offs and stuff like that, it sounds like a really incredible job, and it sure is an important one. And there was a brief documentary put together by a media and marketing company called Libris or Libris. I don't know how to pronounce that. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. Again, my sister-in-law is a photographer too, so she would probably know that. A lady by the name of Kristen Twifford, I believe, interviewed Mr. Batari. And in that interview, he talks about how the software, Libris software, I believe, helped him do his job so well and efficiently. And as Gary was saying before, it's a must in this day and age because of social media. So you get the pictures Immediately, you put him, he has him hooked up to his computer from his camera, and then that goes up to uh, higher ups at the Golden Knights team. And then they approve of the pictures or whatever the case is. And immediately, within seconds, literally, they can put those pictures up on Twitter. And it's basically in real time during a live game or mm. pregame. And, and, and so, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's, it's all up basically instantly. And it's really fascinating. I've got to say, I've always thought sports photographer must be a very stressful job, especially in something like hockey, because the game moves so fast. And, you know, you you have the, the puck can be anywhere in like seconds. And you don't want to miss that dramatic moment of the game winning goal. Or you see sometimes you see such great shots like the goalie looking and watching the puck go over his shoulder or, or you know, making making that crazy save, like laying out to or whatever. But it's just to think that you have to have that. It must be instinct for, for the timing. And, well, it must be partly instinct, and it must also be just so many pictures taken per game just for a a regular average game i would imagine that your average photographer has thousands of pictures to go through after that game just to you know try and find one or two gems and i just i can't imagine that kind of job so uh you know hat tip to them well to this guy in particular what was his name jeff hat tip to jeff for the i'm very friendly i i notice i'm you know i'm on a first name basis have tip to Mr. Batari, I guess, for being able to have the job and, and do it well. Exactly. And, and great point, too. One of the things that I think is appealing of the NHL is how state of the art the sport is and how advanced it's been. Obviously, we just recently celebrated the 100th year of the NHL itself. And uh, the Stanley Cup is recently, was it like 125 years old, I think? It, it just recently had its birthday, too. I don't remember. But we it, talked about it on the podcast, and that it, was that was so many episodes ago. I, I can't remember what we talked about on the podcast last week, so forget it. That, that's the benefit of having an app and, uh, and Podbean and all that stuff. Yeah, anyway. I, can, I can go back and listen to the podcast <laughs> and see what we talked about last week. 
but yeah, it, it just seems to go hand in hand with, with modern technology. And that's an excellent point with the modern, there's no more film anymore. It's all digital. So exactly. You could take literally thousands of pictures at a time and you're going to get one or more great ones as opposed to having film and you had to save those bullets and really wait and hope. But the other great thing about what Mr. Batari is doing is that he's proactive. And as you said too, Gary, he's looking for as many angles to shoot from, much like a winger would. Uh, he even uses remote cameras. So he has cameras all over the place, including the net camera, which we all know about. And then there's cameras from the ceilings and the rafters. And he captures fan expressions and reactions and different points of view, which even stands out from other teams in the league. Not too dissimilar from what our friends in the RSHL are doing. Exactly right. So they're definitely on the right track. And uh, the other thing about the net cam is you'd appreciate this, as you were saying, too, about the action shots of amazing saves or goalie reaction. That's exactly what it's for. And some of the examples, we'll have the link to even Mr. Batari's website, too. You could see for yourself how... The reactions of Flurry, for example, he's, there's one picture where he's looking directly at the camera because he wanted to make sure that the puck wasn't going in. And, and you really kind of get the, the emotion and intensity of hockey and uh, NHL hockey and what it takes to be a good goalie. It's really unbelievable. It's beautiful stuff. Yeah. You know, I wish we had that kind of uh, had access to those kind of angles and, and that kind of coverage because... Just even like we were talking about last week, how I had uh, I made a play, uh, or you know, with some saves, and everybody was talking about how great it was, and I had no idea what was going on. I really would like to be able to go back after the fact and look and see what I did, you know, in those situations, or uh, or you know, the the converse, which is to say, sometimes. I'll see a shot and it'll wind up in the back of the net. And it's like, how did that beat me? I, I, I thought I had the angle entirely covered. How did that possibly go in? Uh, that, that especially happens with bad angle shots that find their way into the net. Like it's like what, you know, where, where was the hole that, that must've been the precise size and shape of the puck. <laughs> Cause I like, I wish, I wish I had that you know, access to that. So uh, it really is a great resource, I guess, for, for the fans, certainly, but probably for the team as well. Yes, exactly right. And, and getting back to what you're saying there, too, is uh, you and me both, because there have been many a time when I thought I've, I've screened you or at least I was trying to block a shot and somehow the shot gets through me first and then maybe miraculously gets through you, too. And so I a lot of times I've been completely baffled how that has happened. But that that would be helpful too to see and prevent that from happening in the future. But exactly right. These pictures are used to promote the team, which really hasn't needed much promotion at all because it's just been such a magical season. And I don't think the league could have dreamt of something more incredible than this first year of the Golden Knights. Yeah. The benefit of being in Las Vegas, it's basically, I mean, gosh, the so many people, the majority of the people there are tourists from all around the world and not just the country too. And the NHL having that spotlight, it's phenomenal. And this is just big help for that. And uh, yeah, these exciting pictures, incredible action. And the other thing, too, is that uh, Jeff Batari mentioned that these photos can last forever. And they're artistic and, and passionate and beautiful and sharp and in focus. 
which is mind-boggling to me. So it, it's great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So credit to everyone involved. And, you know, keep up the good work. It sounds cliche, and I guess it is a little cliche, but, you know, this is this is great for the game and great for growing the, the team and the popularity and uh, just, in general, the excitement of hockey. So, you know, good on you. Yeah, I'm curious if this is laying down the groundwork for the rest of the NHL, if other arenas will allow this kind of access. Obviously, the Golden Knights, they are the only team, I believe, right, that play in that arena. They don't have to share it with a basketball team or anything. I'm sure they have concerts and other things there. But Yeah, I'd imagine. The, the, uh, that's the benefit of, of Vegas, though. The competition there is each casino has its own arena for shows and bands and live performances and things like that. So sure. I guess it's no different there, T-Mobile. But I'm wondering if this is what the other teams in the league will do now. Uh, this will be protocol. It's, it's really amazing how well it's gone. Yeah, well, you know, it's like anything. If it's tested and it's found to work well and be beneficial, then it will be adopted, you know, on a more widespread basis. It's every new technology had to be beta tested somewhere. So, yeah, hopefully this will spread out and become a league-wide thing. Part of it, though, part of it may depend on the existing infrastructure of the arenas and the rinks. But I imagine when you're talking about digital cameras, it's more about having a good, well, for remote cameras anyway, having a good like Wi-Fi network and, and you know, that kind of digital infrastructure more than physical infrastructure because these things are pretty light. So, I, you know, it's not... I would imagine it's not that difficult to put them in places where you know you uh, you want for the good angles, but uh, yeah, I, I I could see this happening league wide, uh, definitely. So uh, speaking of out west, <laughs> James, we've got ninety nine problems, but an obvious podcast topic ain't one. That's right, sir. Hey. Congratulations to you for getting to episode 99, man. This and, is pretty historic. And to you, sir. That's uh, It was a team effort. You know, we, uh, we, we've been plugging at this thing since before episode one. And, you know, I don't know how we made it here, but I'll save most of the gushing for next week since that's the milestone. But, you know, I just suffice to say uh, thank you for all the hard work you've put into this podcast to get us here. Right back at you. Thank you, sir. And, and obviously... You're right. We'll we'll save it for next episode. But just a preview. Thank you, dear listener. Yeah, thank you especially. Yes. <laughs> but really, you're much too humble. It, this this podcast would not be without the American Rhino. But the great thing that yes, we got to episode 99. This was something that when we come up with topics and stuff for the podcast, we try and hold some special nuggets for numbers. We, you know, Gary and I, numbers are important to us. Like, I guess every other athlete, be it professional or amateur, the number you wear on your back is nine times out of 10, it's really significant to the player. And numbers mean a lot. So obviously, when you're dealing with competition, scores and stuff like that and whatever. So number 35 is near and dear to uh, the American Rhino's heart. Obviously, number four is near and dear to my heart. But in terms of hockey, the number that's retired league-wide in the NHL, the only number I believe that has that distinction, is number 99, and well-deserved, too, because there's only one Wayne Gretzky, the great one. Yeah. I got to be honest. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Growing up, 
I, I didn't grow up as a hockey fan. Hockey is something that I came to on my own. And uh, I'm sure part of that had to do with the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup right before I went into high school. And uh, there are some people in high school that I was around that were hockey fans. So I don't know. I guess that generated enough excitement for me to develop an interest in the sport. But, you know, growing up and I'm talking about the era that I'm, you know, my formative years, I guess maybe we're talking late 80s to early to mid 90s before I started watching hockey. You know, I wasn't really, I, I'm sure I'd heard the name Wayne Gretzky. I was familiar with him from the cartoon Pro Stars, which we've talked about on the podcast before. In fact, uh, I, I believe I encourage you to draft Pro Stars Wayne Gretzky when we did our uh, fantasy draft here on right, the podcast. Yes, Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, sure. But yeah, that, I, I really didn't have a lot of exposure to him. You know, I didn't get to watch him play in his prime and I didn't get to experience the wonder that was Wayne Gretzky. So I don't have a lot of memories of Gretzky growing up. You know, even when I started watching hockey, uh, I was a Rangers fan, not an NHL fan specifically. I was aware of Gretzky as that that good guy that plays for the Kings. But like I, beyond that, I didn't, you know... Oh yeah, he's the guy from the cartoon with the hair. I I I, I kind of know that guy. Yeah, he's he's he, he plays for what's that team? L.A. He plays for the the team with the the thing, the black jerseys and the whatnot and the or the or no, were they still wearing purple then? As a matter of fact, when he signed in '88, he changed the colors to silver and black. Yeah. I thought he was wearing black then. Yeah, okay. Right. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. he he's he's the guy on the team with the black jerseys that look kind of cool, but. You know what I, but you know, West Coast team. I never saw him. So, like honestly, the I did not become familiar with Wayne Gretzky. I didn't get to watch him play really until he signed with the Rangers, where he played his last two seasons in the league. And uh, you know that was great. And even at the end of his career, he was still better than most. But he, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't like the great one. He in in capital letters he wasn't you know in his prime you know head and shoulders above everybody like he he was earlier in his career so i feel like i missed out on on a little bit but even still he was a class act and he was obviously a great player and uh, i was glad to have had the opportunity to watch him retire so that's something that i will never forget yeah so i i don't have a lot of gretzky memories or memorabilia or anything to share but james i i know you're a lot more familiar with him or, or were you grew up a lot more familiar with him so if you wouldn't mind sharing some of your Gretzky stuff with us I'd appreciate it it'd be a pleasure thank you sir yeah uh, it, for all the other times that we've brought up Wayne Gretzky in the past this time we'll just stick to uh, memorabilia and I have mentioned this before but it bears repeating my very first hockey stick ever I, I think I, maybe I was like my ninth birthday I don't even remember I was a little guy and it was a red Master 99 Titan. That's why I love the brand Titan. And it was a Gretzky specific stick. I still have it to this day. And that's the first stick I used and learned how to play hockey with. So it's very, very near and dear to my heart. Speaking of the Rangers, I have an authentic Ranger jersey that my brother and sister-in-law got for me mm -hmm. for my 21st birthday. Because uh, in 1999, I turned 21. That's right. So uh, that was the gift, and that was the blue Ranger jersey that uh, Gretzky retired in. So um, that I don't wear it; I just have it on display in, in my bedroom or in my parents' house hmm. because it, it's it's it just means so much, and it's such an, an amazing item. 
I have a life-size cutout I received one Christmas where it's it's Gretzky in, in the home at the time, the White Ranger jersey. And it's awesome, and it has, like, its signature on it and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. He hangs out with our Piazza life-size cutout, too, at my <laughs> parents' house. Um, if, if you've seen the movie Home Alone, you know what I'm talking about when he had the uh, – when Kevin – had the fake party going on and he used a cutout from Michael Jordan. So that's what we have for Gretzky and Piazza. Do you do that uh, with, the, with your, uh, your cutouts? Did you have, do you have, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dance, let's say quote unquote dancing uh, as if, as if to be in that home alone scene. But, uh, is that something that you do with your cutouts, James? No, I'm not that creative. <laughs> yeah. I tried playing catch with the Piazza one and I tried playing hockey with the Gretzky one, yeah. but it didn't go well. <laughs> Did did cut out Gretzky score on you? Yes, he did. As he was laughing at me. So, <laughs> but uh, another great thing is if you're familiar with McFarlane, we were talking about comic books before. He came out with a line of toys, which are incredible likenesses of action figures or uh, movie characters and things. And he did a whole line of sports specific McFarlane figures and a whole line of Gretzky all by himself for, throughout his whole career. Uh, I believe, obviously, with Edmonton, with with um, L.A., uh, the Milestones, Stanley Cups, trophies, you know, all, all the Hart trophies and, and Art Ross and all that, Con Smythe, then even with St. Louis and obviously with the Rangers as well. So there's a whole bunch of them. I have a few. I don't have all of them, but the, the few that I have are pretty incredible and, and I love them. The, the, the attention to detail, it's insane. Now, just to be clear, we're talking about Todd McFarlane, not Seth McFarlane. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Todd McFarlane. I'm, I'm not a <laughs> Seth okay. McFarlane fan, but I appreciate the clarity. Exactly. Todd, the, the man that actually drew Spider-Man. The, the Spawn guy. The Spawn guy, exactly. Yeah. The, uh, the the real ta- – well, I'll, I'll keep my opinion to myself. But anyway, yeah, Todd McFarlane's a genius and, and unbelievable talent. Yeah, that that's that's – that is uh, that. That's probably a bit of a controversial opinion, even in and of itself. So that that's that's fine. Well, uh, all right, we'll we'll stick to the uh, the McFarland okay. toys or figurines, and and then I think everybody will agree how amazing they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting lineup figures. Speaking of the figures and cards, books, including the one we just spoke of in episode mm-hmm. eighty five of Hit the Deck. Uh, eventually, Gretzky bought the company Hespeler, so I have a Hespeler stick and gloves and Christmas tree ornament. He's wearing the Ranger jersey, so that's really cool. The DVD set, which I'd be happy to loan you if you want to watch some of his greatest highlights, called The Ultimate Gretzky. And Home Alone? Uh, no, well, I, if, if I could lend you Home Alone, too, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Thank you. I'd, I'd imagine that Kevin would have been a Blackhawks fan since it was in Chicago. but whatever. Oh! <laughs> yeah. And if you're still, if you want to know the great one even better, you have many opportunities to go to Gretzky.com. You could find out about the Wayne Gretzky Foundation, the fantasy camps that he does, which I would never insult him by going on the ice with him. 99 Youth Hockey for the youth guys out there and girls that want to learn how to play. I mean, learning from Wayne Gretzky and his friends, you're not going to get any better than that. If you're in Toronto and you're at the Hall of Fame, which is definitely on my bucket list, got to go to the Gretzky restaurant, which I believe it's just uh, having its 25th anniversary, as a matter of fact. And then finally, you could go to uh, his home and stalk him. Not that we're endorsing that, but it is an option. No, no. no. Uh, But uh, up in Niagara, the Wayne Gretzky Estates Winery, ladies and gentlemen. So you can have a bottle of wine or some whiskey with the number 99 stamp on it. How about that? Mm. 
Interesting. Gretzky has a winery? Yep. I would think he'd be known more for his shots. <laughs> oh! That was good. Yeah, I don't know. That was, uh, that's the kind of humor you get here on Hit the Deck, folks. That's, uh, that's what you can expect. That, that's the kind of quality entertainment that we are known for, that we have done for 99 episodes and counting. So uh, God only knows why you're still here. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. Okay, well, all that being said, we would, of course, like to thank you once again for listening to the podcast. Another another in a long line of Hit the Decks episodes and scrimmages. And, uh, you know, next week's the big one. So um, I'm not going to drop any hints here because, honestly, I have no idea what we're going to do. But it'll be a big deal. So, you know, that's 100. So be sure to tune in for that. In the meantime, would like to thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to Anthony Sajazi for providing music and for providing James with Gretzky-related stuff when he was growing up. Thank you to the LIQ for sound effects. Uh, thank you, of course, to you again for listening to the podcast. We could not sit here and talk about hockey. Well, we could sit here and talk about hockey without you, but we wouldn't. It would be kind of pointless. It would get old. But um, it doesn't because, because you know, you give us purpose. And we are appreciative of you for that. So while we're appreciating you, um, we're going to suggest that if you haven't already done so, please feel free to subscribe to our podcast, our, our humble little hockey podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or the Podbean app or any number of podcasting outlets where you get your podcast stuff. Because uh, if we're not there, we want to be there. So if we're not there, let us know at hitthedeck at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. You can drop us a line at Facebook or Instagram. We're at Hit The Deck. And, of course, on YouTube, we are the Hit The Deck podcast channel. And we would love it if you would subscribe to that, too. It would be doing us a solid. We'd sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. James, is there anything that you would care to add? Yeah, again, thank you, American Rhino, and thank you for listening out there. And just a quick plug for our good friend Lou of Charlotte Street Hockey. Be sure to check out his uh, upcoming Charlotte Street Hockey tournament that will be held on May 24th, I believe. So you can check that out on our Facebook or their Facebook and uh, Instagram and also Twitter. All right. Thank you, pal. Well, so it's come to that time of the podcast, that that magical time right here at the end where I am inclined to remind you that whether you are in the market for a multi-million dollar home with your own custom Zamboni or uh, whether you are just taking pictures of your favorite NHL team, whether you are one of the greatest athletes of all time or just some schlub who's sitting around in their living room watching the game regardless of whatever you happen to find yourself doing i would urge you always and forever to remember it's deck hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody <laughs> what now what what did i do now what's funny <laughs> some schlub well your schlubbiness may vary those who can do, those who can't sit in their living room and watch hockey.